Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day guys. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I was lucky enough to be invited on the weekly Rubdown Podcast this week, a Supercoach Draft Podcast. The boys have been with me since day one, and I was lucky enough to be invited on their podcast earlier today. Wooker, he's away. Natty, I was on with him today. Uh, champion for, if you've listened to the Guru Podcast role, you would have heard plenty of Natty and Wooker. A really good in-depth analysis of uh, the next round of footy coming up, kicking off tomorrow night between the Broncos and the Sharks. I broke it down to three parts. Part one is the Broncos versus the Sharks, Titans versus the Panthers, Rabbitohs, Seagulls, and the Warriors and the Raiders. Even if you don't like your draft or your super coach, uh, a really good in-depth footy chat talking about the real uh, X's and O's and, and matchups and stuff in this game. So a really good chat. Part two uh, will be available later tonight. You've got the Bulldogs, Roosters, Eels, Cowboys, Night Storm, and the Dragons and the West Tigers preview. And then tomorrow, a little Q&A that I did with Natty, a couple of questions from some of his followers, mostly related to Supercoach. So I've broken it up into three bits. You'll be able to hear all three of them over the next 24 hours. But once again, guys, if you're not already, go and follow the Weekly Rubdown on all your socials. Go and have a listen to their podcast, putting out some the very best content in Supercoach Draft and just in general two blokes that I think are very entertaining and I always enjoy sitting back listening to their podcast taking in a bit of footy taking in a bit of Supercoach but having a giggle with two champion blokes at the same time G'day rubbers it's your boy Blake Laurie and it's time to rub one out with the lads for the weekly rub down Hello handsome care for a rub down I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lift penis? Very Yeah, g'day rubbers. Welcome back to the weekly rub down a podcast where we rub down everything NRL Supercoast draft. You're listening to the round eight matchups rubdown. I'm your host, Natty, and look, my wingman is out. Goose has hit the eject button, uh, but I've got my stand-in co-pilot, Merlin, a.k.a. the Guru, a.k.a. the Garino, a.k.a. the Kanguru. What's going on, brother? G'day, mate. Thank you for having me once again. Always a pleasure to jump on the Rob Down. Even better when uh, when Wooker's not around. Just yeah, quietly. Oh, just... fun. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, mate, it's good. Now, this is the first time we've got you on to do the matchups, Rob, so this will be really, really good. I'm going to be the the stats guy, the X's and O's. You'll just be eyes up vibe. Sort of like I'll be the Sterlo, you can be the Kenny. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. Let's go. Let's go. So, um... <sighs> Wooker has lent me his, well, how can I say this? It's his, he calls her Stacey, but it's his super coach stats slash sex bot. Um, and it pumps out all the stats. So she's here with me. She's looking worn as fuck, I'm telling you. Um, but if you've got any stat questions you want to fire through at each game, uh, I've got her at my disposal for now and later on tonight, if you know what I mean. So we've got plenty of stats here, bro. Um, but without further ado, let's jump into round eight. Stats. 
records, rankings, weather. I know the team. These games are a burial, a blowout, a human lock. I know these players. All you gotta do is bet on the win. I know this wonderful game called football. Let's get on with a rub down. Oh, fuck yeah. Right, in the rub lab, it's sticky as hell down here. Um, first game, we've got... What have we got? Thursday, 7.50, Broncos v. Sharks at Suncorp. Now, this is a top matchup of the round. Um, so when I talk about top matchup, it's when um, you've got a top five attacking team, super coach wise coming up uh, at, against a team that's conceding in the top five super coach points. So Sharks are the number one Supercoach attacking team in the business. Broncos conceding the second most Supercoach points. So there should be plenty of points on offer here for the Sharks. Um, now, if we dive deeper down into the, the matchups and the stats, Sharks have the top scoring right edge Supercoach-wise. Broncos left defense is conceding the most points of any other left edge defense. So again... Diving deeper, Jesse Ramian has a really good matchup. Broncos concede the sixth most points to right centers, 66 points per game. Nico Hines has a really good matchup. I mean, he's got a good matchup against whoever the fuck he plays, but Broncos concede the fifth most to right halves, 62 points per game. So statistically, those two really stand out to me, but I'm going to flick the ball over you and see what you see, you see here in this matchup. Who do you like? Mate, it's bizarre talking about the Sharkies' right edge just quietly after the yeah. last few. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, I know the guy that you're sort of you're talking about here, Siffa, the big guy, the beast. He actually has a really good matchup as well. I mean, standard. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but the Broncos do concede the sixth most points to left centers. So, and the beast. I mean, he's got a three round average of fucking a billion. So. Mate, he's just doing things at the moment. I, I said I'm bloking a bar this week. I mean, the, I think the closest thing we've seen to what Siv is doing at the moment is that old tape of Mal Meninga against the Roosters that day. Um, I think you did some um, super coach points on it once upon a time. And, fuck, it's just incredible the way – like, and he, he's just beating teams in so many ways at the moment. For a guy his size, it's uh, it's terrifying. We've obviously got him taking on the Tony Staggs this week out on that left edge. I've got them both. I'm oh, no, sorry, I don't have Sifra in my draft team for the first time ever. I've got Tony Staggs. That so, must hurt. Um, yeah, um, yes, it does hurt, mate. I, I'm not sure if you remember, but I drafted him round five last year and got laughed at. So uh, for him to get drafted at about round eight this year and all of a sudden turn into – I don't, I don't know. What are, are we going to call him a top 10 super coach player as it stands right now? Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, it's just, I know it's a small sample size, but uh, I, I, I didn't want to be over the top and say top five, but fuck, he really could be realistically. Yeah. And the thing about Sifa is like, yeah, obviously um, he's a robust uh, player has got plenty of tackle busting in him, but also he's quite fleet footed. He's got a lot of pace on him and we've seen that really finesse that he's got with the ball in hand as well. He can put the players around him in space as well. So really he's a triple threat with the ball in hand. And the thing that's obviously keeping him inside, not only that he's just crushing defenses, but his defense has been really solid. That's the thing that's let him down in the past. Um, and that's what I was worried with early on with him getting into the side, obviously with Fitzy being a defense-minded coach, but he's really shored up the, that defense and it's it's his spot now. Yeah, for sure. Result. And yeah, I, I don't see a world where he drops out of this side now. He's doing 
uh, sensational things. And I think that, uh, you know, obviously he's not a one-man job. So, you know, Staggs isn't going to be hand, uh, be able to handle him on his own. And I think the one thing about Selwyn is that he has got a tendency to come in as well. So, uh, Mulatalo outside him, I, I really like him too. He'd be a guy that I would seriously consider uh, for a VC in this game. You, you mentioned the right edge that you like. One guy that I think he's been playing really good footy, but those attacking stats just haven't come yet. Britton Acora, uh, I don't mind him in this game as well. Yeah, actually, I do have some stats on Britton Cora. He, for try scorers, like if you want to put an anytime try scorer on him, Broncos have conceded 19% of the total tries scored against them to right to RFs. Specifically, wow. so that's huge. So he's a great any um, anytime try scorer there. Nico is starting to build a nice little combination with him. Um, another thing with the matchup between Sif and Sifa and Katoni uh, Stags. Katoni Stags missed about I think it's twenty five tackles off the top of my head. That's the most of any outside back. Um, obviously, there's guys in the middle that have missed a few tackles as well. But for a centre to miss that many tackles, that's alarming. And when you're yep. coming up against the most devastating runner of the ball at the moment in the NRL, that is, it's a worry. And I think they'll sell the farm to stop Sifatalakai in this game. And like you said, Mulatalo is going to be sitting out there with his dick in his hand with that much space. I just think it's going to be one of those games where, yeah, Sifa will have a, a good game, but I think the big beneficiary is going to be Mulatalo because they're just going to rush Talakai to try and stop him. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll just say on, on Katoni Stags, I mean, he has missed a heap of tackles this year. As you said, I, I think it was 25, you just said. Uh, you know, over the last few weeks, he has improved that. Thankfully, a lot of those did come in the first few weeks, but this will be um, a huge test for him. There's no doubt about that. I think in the last two weeks, he's missed five tackles. So uh, heading in, in the right direction with him, obviously in the first few weeks, he missed an absolute fucking stack. Um, and, he, and, he, and he was lucky. There was a number of guys that ran past him that he didn't get a finger on. So uh, probably lucky to be on 25 as it stands. But I think he's definitely improved the season gone on. Uh, just something else I thought about, mate, that's something to consider with Sifatalakai. Uh, and that left edge as well. We've seen that Wade Graham's been named on the extended. Mate, if he comes in, uh, I know Wade Graham's a tough bastard, but coming into this game, for me, I'm not expecting him to take 10 and 12 hit-ups. I think he'll be passing the football a lot when he enters back into this game, and Mate, that just spells even more trouble for Katoni Staggs and Selwyn Cobbo, you know? It's wild, isn't it? Like, that left edge is just going to be humming. So, I mean... We love Talakai, I love Molotalo. Hines is obviously a VC option in every game that he plays. Um, what about for the Broncos? What do you see happening here with the Broncos? Really impressive in the second half of that game up against the Dogs. You know, A-Ray was fucking on fire. We saw Selwyn come to the game a lot. Um, if I just look at where the Sharks are weak, they are weak on their right edge. So that's where they're conceding. They're pretty equal in defense, but if I had to pick a side, it would be their right edge that's licking the more super coach points. Um, and that's actually where the Broncos have been more potent up until the game on the weekend uh, with Corey Oates and obviously Herbie out there. What do you think the Broncos are going to do in attack here? Yeah, uh, you mentioned Herbie. and uh, we, we spoke about it on the podcast yesterday. One, one thing about him that, I mean, it was good that Corey Oates scored a try last week, but I think something you need to keep in mind that as much as the Sharks, their right edge defense might be where they leak points. If you're if you're a Corey Oates owner, fuck, you've got to be nervous because Herbie just doesn't let go of that ball. And yeah. he does some really good things with it, but 
he, he is the absolute king of coming off his left foot. It must be frustrating for uh, Corey Oates owners because he's playing good footy when he does get the ball. Corey Oates looks pretty good at the moment, but he just doesn't get enough of it. So, mate, if you've got Herbie, um, I wouldn't say he, he, he's a selfish footballer. I'd, I'd, I, I wouldn't use the word selfish, but he does come off his left foot a, a lot uh, and he does – he does make something out of those plays, but um, yeah, as a as a Oates, uh, if, if I was an owner there, you, you'd be feeling like fuck. I've picked a really good value player here on draft day, but he's just not getting enough ball as it stands, um, mate. I, I really like the look of the fullback Tamaro Martin the other day. He's you know obviously a great story and whatnot, but the way that he's just popping up all over the place, and I think he'll just get better every single week. I'm. Um, Personally, mate, I'm not anticipating the Broncos are going to score too many points, but if there's guys in this team that I do want, I think it is Herbie and, you know, Payne Haas, he's the obvious one. Um, Another one, mate, I've been listening to your podcast the last few weeks with Random Stats, Scott. You guys have been flying on your bets. One that I got last week, Corey Pakes. Um, Mm, That was a nice one. Yeah, well, when I use the word selfish, I would sort of use it for Pake sometimes out of dummy half. He's got a great running game, but I think his ruck recognition uh, lacks a lot. He tends to pick the wrong moments to run, but he turns them into the right moments, in my opinion. So I think um, he's always a guy to keep an eye on. And I I don't think, mate, I, I don't know what you thought, but I thought Billy Walters, I've always loved him at nine. Fuck, he overplayed his hand the other day and made it very hard for the Broncos. So I'm expecting Pakes to play big minutes um, there again. And I wouldn't be surprised if he if he, he's a guy that could um, crash over for a try here. He's sort of like um, Lawton does it. Lewis Brown used to do it. Like they get into dummy half and you know, they're going to run and you, you like, you know, they're going to do it at the wrong moment instead of the right moment. And it just makes them even harder to read. If, if you yeah. know what I'm saying. It's, so, it's the wombat move. The cheese does it all yes, the time. That's exactly it. Cheese does it all the fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, if you if your running game is good enough, you can make the wrong time turn into the right time. And Pakes is a guy that does that. He, mate, he does it in reserve grade too. Whenever I watch him, I always see him pick up the ball and just go, oh, fuck, it's not on there. Your markers are set. Your A and B are sweet, but he just finds a way through. Yeah. They, it's sort of like they lower their center grade of gravity they've got four big hind legs and they just power through i mean yeah like you said cheese are the best in the business i will say this for the sharks if i had to pick a corridor where they're the weakest in defense it would be that heinz nakura ramian um so if you look at the missed tackles the, sh- the top 30 they do feature all three of them in the top 30 yep. for missed tackles so obviously they're coming up against um kurt capewell like I mean, he hasn't done much that this year, but if there's a game that he could maybe find some space, um, it could be this game. But I'm with you, man. I think it's it's all sharks here. Um, I'm, I think we're both on the same page with Mulatalo. I think this is the game that, um, you know, they're going to really try and stop Talakai, and, and Mulatalo is going to be the guy that gets the space. And you have to go Nico Hines because he plays both sides of the ruck. So wherever they're attacking, whether it be right or left, he's going to have his hands in the ball. And yeah, and look, I'm not super confident on it. And I know we're all very high on Talakai at the moment. And, you know, you and me, the both of us, we've been high on him for a number of years. And inconsistency has always been his thing. And so so far, he's been amazing. He's been unbelievable. But if it happens to be over the next three or four weeks that he does concede a few tries, especially with a way Graham inside him who is lacking a bit of match fitness, they haven't defended together. Uh, before, so there is a new combo there. I, I wouldn't be overly shocked because that is sort of the narrative of um, Siffer, but it's very hard to bag him in any way, shape, or form based on what he's put out the last few weeks. 100%. And like for a 
you know, drafters, obviously, we all want to be selling guys at their, their peak. This is Talakai's peak. On the weekend, what he did in that first half, he won't do again this season. No one will do again this yep. season. Yep. So if you are going, I mean, and this is the thing, people hate to sell their players when they're playing good, but that's when you should fucking sell them. So shop him around. This is what draft's about, people. Shop, who wants Talakai? And watch everyone clamor over themselves to get to you in the DMs to offer you something for Talakai. See what you can get. I guarantee you, you'll get a two for one. Yeah, and, and if you, you know, in a captain's league, I would probably just hold Siffer. But if yeah. you're in a non-captain's league in particular and you can get two players out of Siffer, two quality players, which I think people would would be willing to do, uh, it could be a real game changer. But, mate, I, I look at week-in, week-out matchups and, mate, if Siffer isn't in your top five captain options for the week every week, um, I'll, I'll give it away, you know. And this is the thing. So the Sharks do come up uh, against some poor, some good defensive outfits over the next sort of six, seven games. But then it just picks up and gets better and better. And then it's pretty sexy in the run home and then in the Supercoach final. So you've got to have that in the back of your mind as well. And we talked about this all preseason about how we loved everyone from the Sharks just because of their strength of schedule. And it has changed a little bit, obviously, with the data that we've got from 2022, but not that much. Sharks have come out and they've, they've actually played better than we've expected. It's just some of the teams that we saw thought would be yeah, quite poor are quite good. Two in, in particular, the Cowboys and Tigers, are actually really fucking staunch um, in defense and don't allow a lot of super coach points. So, But, yeah, love the Sharks, love Talakai. But we'll we'll lock down Hines and Mulatalo. I think they're the top matchups of this one. Um, but you just got a VC. Any, any attacking Shark, player that you have in your side, you might as well VC him in this one. Yeah, and, you know, especially in deep drive competitions, if for whatever reason Ikevalu is sitting on your waiver wire, just go and get him. Yeah. Even if, just, just hold him for the rest of the year, wait for something to happen. I, I You know, you could even go to, like, a Connor Tracy's probably going to return on the bench, but as soon as there's an injury in that back line, he will come straight in. Even um, I'm hearing, I, I got told yesterday from um, Matty the Waterboy that the young bloke, I'm forgetting his name, and I, and I fucking know him. Um, the young boy that's come from um, Rugby Sevens, apparently he's been oh, yep. training it, and he's been their 19th man the last few weeks. So, Lockie Miller. So, just keep an eye on these sort of guys because as soon as there's an injury in this back line and one of these guys comes in, and if you get a season any injury, mate, it could be fucking anything. It's, it's you know, I, I put this Sharks back line right now the same as I, – I probably put it above getting a player in the back line of the Melbourne Storm, to be honest with you, because their spine does so much, whereas this Sharks team, it's like the Penrith side. They just – they know where their strike plays are and they get the ball to them as quickly as they can and give yep. them time to do their shit, which is just – it's so good for Super Coach. And they're potent on both sides of the ruck too. Yep. Like, they can hurt you on the right as well as the left, which is – that's just a scary thought. Um, all right, bro, let's get into the next game. Friday – um, the first Friday game, which is the, I've lost my space, Titans v Panthers at Seabus. Okay, so obviously, <laughs> obviously, Panthers are the big dick here. Panthers' second best supercoach scoring team, Titans conceding the eighth most supercoach um, points. Been really critical about the Titans uh, this year. For a couple of years, actually. They're just soulless. I mean, they just lose games. They just switch off. They've got no grit. They've got no identity when it comes to, you know, coming back. And, and 
I don't know. It's just frustrating watching them. Um, and it's easy to sit here, and I do have the stats, but it's it's easy to say that you know the Panthers' left is the matchup here. Um, it's the best left in the business, scoring the most super coach points of any left uh, attack. The Titans, uh, they are weakest on their right. We have seen other teams blitz them down that edge. We had the Eels have done it twice. Um, their left edge is fired up against the Titans, and we saw it on the weekend with Cowboys, who have been dominant on the right edge. They come up against the Titans. All of a sudden, you have Mustalagi, Dearden, Lukey, Drinkwater, all finding meat up against this Titans right edge. So that's fucking scary because you're coming up against the best in the business. Um, Kicks, Tago, May, Cleary comes across on, on, on that side as well to, to link up with Luai. Um, I think it's it's something like it's thirteen tries or something. The 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 Panthers have scored in the left. May's got eight of them. It's just fucking ridiculous. So if May doesn't score in this in this one, I'm not here. Um, statistically, kick out is your boy here. Titans concede the third most to left two RFs. He's been super aggressive of late, um, and that's what I got. I got out of the last Panthers game. I mean, everyone was fucking scoring tries. Everyone was putting their hand up. They were taking tickets at the door and just waiting to score a meaty um, throughout that game. Everyone except my boy Tago. Um, but Kikau is he, he has been super aggressive, and it's been a while since I've seen him play like that. Uh, so I wouldn't. I don't mind him for an ATS in this one, but take your pick in this left. Uh, I think they just, yeah, they'll they'll put the foot to the throat here against the Titans. What's your thoughts? Mate, the, the scariest thing about what this Penrith left edge does, and it's, you know, obviously kick out, uh, Tago, mate, they're all hard to tackle, but you when, when you're defending against them, you, you don't need to be good tacklers. You need to be good defenders because they throw so much different shape at you. It changes every single time they come at you, and this is where, Fafita can get really undone. He can tackle, but when he has to make decisions, yep. this is when it gets really tough. And the way that they run, you know, Tago with the overs, Kikau out the back, and the skill set that Kikau's got. I mean, like we we, we just spoke about Sif for ages, the stuff that he's doing. I mean, Kikau's been doing those soft hand stuff all year and yep. making it look easy. So I, I don't mind him for an anytime try scorer, but I'll, I'll back him in to have two tries this year just because Penrith put him in the right spots yep. and he can come out with that pass. I, yeah, I'm very worried about this Titans right edge. Uh, Tago, I've captained him two weeks in a row on my draft team and it's fisted me both times. So I'm with you, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, kick in the dick. So hopefully um, he's able to stand up this week. I just think, and I mean, if you see Appy, Appy Curacao, you know, in front of the sticks and turn someone under, if one of their front rowers gets tackled just to the right-hand side of the right sticks, you know straight away, fuck, who's scoring here? Tago, May, or kick out. That yep. is their sweet spot. When they land there, you're in some serious fucking curry. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you just you mentioned the halfback there, Nathan Cleary. Um, I mean, if you take out Turbo last year, you know, in, in those rules that were unbelievable. And, and, you know, even if you include Turbo, I, I would say that Turbo wasn't match matchup proof last year because the good teams were handling him well. Um, mate, I, Cleary, I think he might be the most matchup proof guy we've ever seen in this team, the position he plays with his goal kicking and how well he strikes them. Um, I, I think that he is going to have an astronomical season from here on in. Oh, big time. Yeah, he. I can't say enough about him. He, like, he is the best player on the planet right now. Um, 
and I don't know if I talked to you about this before, but I have this thing where I just love great attacking teams that have this red zone stack where, you know, they stack their two halves on one side of the ruck and it just gives their outside men space. And you saw yep. Cleary doing that again and again against the Raiders. Um, and for Supercoach-wise, I mean, they brained them on the left. Luai got like 20-something points or something because Cleary was in there sort of like, get out of the way, bro, I've got this, um, yep. which is just mind boggling when you think about the super coach output like he's got the right firing then they're in the red zone he knows that you know this team's weak on the right so he's coming across he's got that red zone stack he's going luai you just give me the ball i'll do the work dummy short short ball to kick out or dummy at the back bank give it to tago give it to fucking may grub a kick chip kick whatever the fuck you want he's doing it um so he's obviously a top match up here cleary um but statistically I do like kick out like you said if he doesn't score one he probably puts two on and I love the way the Panthers have used kick out in the last sort of two three years it's either short ball to him or they'll test that out early on few short balls get the defense to start sliding in creeping in creeping in creeping in put that whole worry that anxiety about kick out crashing over and then bang it's just too easy out the back to Tago May so yep fuck May probably scores three Kickow scores one, puts two on. I'll 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 back Kickow. I think he's a nice VC and obviously Cleary. Yeah, and you mentioned there how you get Cleary and Luai who are, who they stand on the on the same side of the ruck. And the scariest thing about them is that they can stand on the same side of the ruck and they can both be thirty meters away from the play the ball, and that's okay because Isaiah Yo's also there. It's yeah. like they've got three halves on one side of the ruck. So, like, the, the play the ball can – like, where, where Jerome Lewis stands, the play the ball can be 40 metres away and he's organising the play because he just knows exactly what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, there is just space everywhere. And, you know, the, we've, we've spoken about it before a lot over the last few years. The best thing about this Panthers left edge, if you can get a bite out of them um, – sorry, a bite of them in your draft team – they don't use their fullback down that edge. Yeah. So it's one less mouth you have to worry about taking stats off you. As soon as Jerome Luai lets go of that ball, you know you're either getting a try or a try assist if anything happens there, which not many other teams are like that. And, you know, there's been teams in the past, the they sort of play very similar to how the Cowboys used to play, where Lachlan Coote used to play fullback and he'd control the right side. And then you'd have Mick Morgan and Thurston sort of controlling the meta, the middle and out to the left. And, Supercoach-wise, it's just fucking sensational. Unbelievable. Could you imagine being Toby Sexton or who's the, the right centre, um, Herbert, this Herbert, week, yeah. and just on your, on your fucking goal line, looking up, and they've got, like you said, there's fucking Yo there, there's Cleary, Luai. They're deep, the, the cunts are deeper than the Mariana Trench. They're fucking yep. way back to the 40. You're just looking up just going, I don't know what to do here. And, my, and their entire week will be set around making, forcing Fafita into making rush decisions. He will be the spot defender that they'll be trying at. And that doesn't mean they'll run past him, but they'll be forcing him to make a poor decision, which will force Herbert, who's actually a pretty good defender, Patrick Herbert. So one thing to keep an eye on there, but I just think the Panthers, they're just going to be too strong down that that, that edge. I, I see just absolute points galore down there. If we, if we move away from the left edge, I think Liam Martin's been playing some unreal footy at the moment, mate. He's running some great lines. He's very um, – I, I remember after Origin last year, you, you could tell he had a lot of sting taken out of his game and it had yep. been a big 12 months for him. Um, he looks back to his very best. And, and I'm, I'm having a look at this New South Wales Blues side at the moment and there's guys like Tariq Sims, there's guys like Angus Crichton that aren't, aren't in great form. I think Liam Martin, he would have that 12 jersey up 
you know, up on his wall and just thinking that's the one that I want this year. And I reckon he's slowly playing his way into it. And the thing is, like, he's origin built. He is that type of player. He's tough as nails, um, loves the rough stuff, can play an edge, can play middle, whatever the fuck. He just wants to be in there. He wants to hurt, and he wants to hurt other people, and that's what Origin's about. It's He's just built for it. Um, for draft-wise, it's a bit of a worry with the uh, Sorensen play, like him coming on, stealing minutes from Martin. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the thing about Martin is he knows where he needs to be for Cleary. And he just runs that line again and again and again. And eventually, Cleary just goes, yep, that's it. And bang, and he's over. So, yeah, he's fantastic. Like like we were just talking about with the Sharks, uh, just dangerous on both sides of the ruck. You just, It's just fucking ridiculous. But obviously, with the Titans being so weak on their right, you just, it's just going to fire up this left. So I'm happy with Kickow and Cleary. What do you reckon Cleary scores in this one? Um... Fuck, mate. Honestly, this can we could... see uh, one uh, first one eighty? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we could push a one. I, I think you could push a two hundred here. To be honest with you, he's <laughs> I, 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 fuck, mate. I, mate I'm being serious. Like you have a look at his scores over the last few weeks and how well he's going. Mate, he's only started playing footy in the last twenty minutes. I can't see the Gold Coast Titans hanging in with them. I mean, he's gone one hundred and fifty one, one hundred and fifty eight, and both of them at halftime he was on about thirty or forty. I mean, it's their second halves that they're just blowing teams away. And I thought Brisbane showed up and played really well against them. I thought Canberra showed up and defended really well against them. Um, And he still went 150 plus. I mean, mate, 200 sounds like a lot. But if if, if he would have been given that last try assist that he got um, last week that was taken off him, all of a sudden you're looking at 185 Mm. and he only started playing footy at the 50th minute. Uh, You're probably looking at 190 by the time he's thrown a goal over. Uh, so I, you know, I, I really don't think it's it's that crazy. It's it's insane what he's doing at the moment to go 150 in back to back weeks. Like, you got to remember the the, the surgery um, that he's come off as well. Like, what he's doing, he shouldn't be able to do what he's doing this early. And oh, I can't wait. Just like uh, after the Gold Coast Titans game, he's got Parramatta, Melbourne Roosters. Mate, I, I'm going to back him to average 100 against those three teams, yeah. even though they are top four teams. Yeah, 100%. And, like, yeah, it is it is wild. Um, and even this year, and we've seen, you know, with the change in the rules and obviously the six again being taken away inside the your own 40, and it's sort of slowed Supercoach points a little bit. He seems to be the exception to the rule at the moment. He is still capable of doing what he did last year. So he is a captain this week. I don't care uh, who you've got playing after him. You put the C right on him, whack the armband, and it, it's safe as houses in my eyes. Mate, I'm just having a look at him on um, Supercoach stats here. Mate, last week he scored 90 points in creative stats, and he had a try taken off him, a try assist taken off him at the end. Like he, he scored a hundred. He, he, if he was given that try, it's a hundred alone in creative stats, which is, it's fucking mind-blowing. And the week before, he scored 73, which is insane in itself. This is becoming the stock standard for this guy. And this team isn't slowing down. If anything, they're getting fucking better. Well, they're they're absolute bullies in attack. As soon as they see the opposition drop their heads, that's when they fucking click it into sixth gear and, and press the NOS. It's time to go, baby. Let's really embarrass these cunts. And what team is the worst for that? The Gold yeah, the Coast top. Titans. Yeah. Like, as soon as they are down 20 points, 
They are reaching for the talcum powder. They want their early shower. They're done. And, mate, once that happens, Panthers could put on another 40 against the Titans. Well, mate, I really do think this is a huge danger game for the Titans. They obviously got slapped by the Cowboys last week. Um, they play Panthers this week. They play the Roosters the week after, mate. Like, they they, they, they just lost by 30 points to the Cowboys. They... They could lose by two hundred points to Seriously. It's it's insane. Two hundred's probably over, but if they lose hundred and sixty points in the next two weeks, I won't be surprised. I, I really can see, you know, a Storm Warriors type scenario here, seventy to ten. Yeah, it's it could get really ugly. And as much as it's a Titans home game. This is the perfect track for the Penrith Panthers. I, 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 I think up there on the Gold Coast, that 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 ground and the temperature and everything up there, I, I think it's the best spot for rugby league. If you want to play entertaining footy, the Gold Coast is where you want to be. And the Titans want to play shootout footy with you, but, mate, they don't have the defense to play shootout footy with you, and they don't have the tack up against this defense to be able to do it. So, yeah, I, I think this could get really ugly. Maybe the only thing that stops Nathan Cleary from not scoring huge is if he gets taken off the field. And honestly, mate, he's got too much cunt in him. He doesn't want to get taken off the field. He, If you're drowning, he will put the hose in your mouth. 100%. And look, I don't know what podcast it was. I'm sure you were on it, though. But you were talking about, um, someone was talking about um, Panthers in 2020, they were an all-attacking side. 2021, they're all defense. 2022, they're both. And it just shows in the stats, mate. At the moment, they um, they are the best supercoach defensive side in the comp. They're allowing the least amount of points, and they're the second-best attacking team, supercoach-wise. It's insane. It's inc- And they're the second-best attacking team, supercoach-wise, and Sean O'Sullivan was their halfback for the first month. Yep. And they're missing the best center wing in supercoach as well. Yep. Hectic. It is fucking hectic. So, yep, just just VC everyone um, on that left edge, except Law. I wouldn't VC him. He He's a bit of an anomaly there. He he can play really good football, and his super coach points just it doesn't translate. Um, and then, yep. obviously, Cleary. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Um, Friday, 7.55, Bunnies v. Manly. Another top mat- matchup here. So, the Bunnies are the fifth best Supercoach scoring team. Manly are conceding the fifth most Supercoach points. Um, if we look at where uh, the Bunnies are strong versus where the Manly uh, are weak, it's the middle. So, the Bunnies have the second best scoring middle. Obviously, Cook and Murray are the big ones there. Versus Manly, they're conceding the sixth most Supercoach points up the guts. Like I said, you look straight at Cam Murray and Damian Cook, who are in very fine touch, both in real life and Supercoach. They will wreak havoc um, up the middle here against the Manly. Um, Seagulls, they're conceding the second most points to hookers, 66 points per game. So I love both of those guys to rip in here. Other matchups that I really like, look, Blake Taft does have a really good matchup here, merely conceding the fourth most points to fullback, 61 points per game. But watching Blake Taft as an owner, obviously I've got him in my side because he's my backup for Trell, um, struggling to find his way into this attack, struggling to find where he can inject himself. Once he works that out, I think he's going to be a very handy attacking player. I love his goal kicking. Fuck, he can slot him. But... 
Yeah. Yeah. But I just feel like he seems a bit lost at the moment. Like, fuck, where do I go? What do I do? Where do I jump in? Once that clicks, he'll be fine. The other guy, Keon Colomitangi, mainly conceding the third most Supercoach points to right to RF, 62 points per game. Lachlan Ilias is, he knows how to use him and he will, yeah. and he will use him in this game. So, yeah, it's, it's all about the bunnies for me here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, mate. Obviously, what 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 you mentioned there was the Seagulls' middle, and for me, um, losing Paseca now. Paseca's not a champion player, but fuck, he has impact when he comes off the bench, and that's what stands out for me in this manly side. When I look at their bench, I love Dylan Walker, but he's not going to show up the middle for you. He'll be good in the tack. He'll get you on the front foot. Then it's Ben Travojevic. Is it um, Kurt Deleuze? I don't know how to pronounce his name. And then Tua Sipley. So. Simply, like, he's the best middle guy on that bench by a mile. Um, and I still think Cam Murray and these boys can give him a bath. So, yep. for me, you know, you got Sean Kepi, you got Marty Tapao starting in the front row, who both aren't in career best form. They're both sort of struggling a little bit. Josh Alloyer is a huge loss in this team. Massive. Massive. Um, he means so much to this footy side. It's crazy. And I, I really undervalued him uh, before a ball was kicked this year. So I just think their, their middles will really struggle. And, you know, we've spoken about it for a number of years that Cook without uh, Wayne Bennett can be um, a different beast. And we are starting to see that um, in, in little bits and pieces. He's probably not going as good as what I thought he would be, to be perfectly honest with you, mate. Like, I, I know he had that game against Canterbury where he scored three tries and everyone said, oh, he's the, the, the running's cookie back. I mean... Three tries he scored. Two of them were support plays um, with 12 on the field. The other one was off a scrum. He only ran for 80 metres that game. Um, so, look, Cook's doing well. But, I mean, you take out that 121 when he stacks on three tries, uh, he's averaging about 70 or so. So, doing well, 62 on the weekend. Um, he, he's going okay. Well, I, I personally don't think he's going as good as what people are telling me, though. Uh, those three tries are the only tries he scored this year. None of them were out of dummy half as well. So just yeah. something to keep in mind there. Do you think now, I feel the same as well. Like when you watch a Bunnies game, it, he really doesn't have his eyes up as much as he used to. Like yeah. now, is that a coach? Are they trying to coach that out of him? Like just pull it back a little bit, mate, because he's such an opportunist. And when he goes into dummy half, usually he's got his head up. He's fucking scaring. He's looking, looking for any weaknesses. I feel like he's just getting in there and distributing the ball um, rather than sort of looking for that opportunity. And obviously he's a a fantastic support player. Whenever there's a break, he's quick enough to be there, um, Johnny on the spot. But as in that sort of taking that scoot and making those meters up the guts, it just doesn't seem to be in his game anymore. Mate, it's not. And, I mean, if you take out those three tries, which, as I said, weren't off dummy half, they were just being a smart footballer, pushing up through the middle when a team was short and then he scored off a scrum. You take them out, he's got two try assists and one line break assist for the season. Mm. Um, it, it really is I, – I just don't think he's quite the guy that people uh, want to tell me um, that, that, that he is. Oh, I said a few weeks ago that Harry Grant would be my hooker for Australia and I, I got a heap of pushback and then he came out and scored three tries against Canterbury and everyone went, yeah, well, what about that? And I was like, well, fuck, did you actually watch – are you watching the way he's playing? Like, he's, I just I, – I don't see it personally. I know a lot of people in, in the classic realm have rushed to bring him into their side and look, the scores have been good. You know, the scores have been good, 69, 85, 121, 62, but um, I don't know. I, I just – he just looks like a deer in headlights to me sometimes, mate. It's mm. nothing shits me more than when South Sydney, you know, a Jai Arrow or a Colin Tungy, one of these guys gets an offload and he gets it. He just freezes. Yeah. 
he yeah. freezes for like a second or two. It feels like eternity. Whereas you watch Penrith, when Happy Curacao gets that ball, he either goes or he flings the ball to one of their strike players instantly. It's in the hands of Luai O'Cleary within two seconds, or he's off and gone. Same as Harry Grant, same as Brandon Smith. I mean, you watch the Melbourne Storm after every time that Nelson or Solomona runs, and you watch Harry Grant, and if Brandon Smith's on the field, they, they almost have a fight with each other who's going to pick the ball up next because they know it's time to go. And I, I just don't get that same feeling out of Damian Cook. I, I think it's, I think we're slowly building a bit of a narrative around Cook that uh, I think might be past him a little bit. I noticed too this week, um, Havili's back on the bench. So mm. that's another thing that, you know, you, you sort of need to take into consideration here as well. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm with you. Um, and I'll back you there. I think Harry Grant's the best hooker in the game at the moment. Um, but the other thing is, obviously, we've got Bunnies, left edge. That's where they're strong. We know that the Manly Seagulls are weak on their right now without Morgan Harper. Not saying that their right edge defense is all because of Morgan Harper. Um, I think DCE has his his issues in defense as well. Um, well, that, that, that that's the thing. As much as taking Harper out helps, the issue is still there. And yep. the issue has been there for two years. And it's the way that DCE defends and... Yeah, I I I, I know that Cole, Cola Cola whatever it is, he's a very good one on one defender. We you know we, we saw it last week, but you've seen it for every single game that he's played so far this year. But DCE is the problem there, and South Sydney they will identify that. Mate, you can you can be you can have four of the best fucking tacklers in the game lining up one side by side and still have the worst edge defense. It's all about decisions. It's all about working in. How do you slide? How do you do you rush up? Do you slide? Do you trust the man outside you? And see, they don't have it. <laughs> they don't have that trust on that edge. So, I do like I like Cody Walker to to continue this sort of slow bounce back that he's had. I, I think he'll get over seventy. I think Cam Murray will have a fucking blinder. I think he gets over seventy five. Um, for Manly. Look, they're they're a left edge dominant team with Turbo on the side, but it's clear that their right edge attacking dominance comes to the fray when Turbo's out of the side because a lot of the attack is funneled through DCE. You would expect that DCE and um, Cooler link up at some point this game, but I mean without without their big attacking powerhouse Olakawatu, they will struggle in this game. I think. Yeah, look, as a um, as a cooler owner, I'm actually a, a little bit excited about it because I, I do think that'll just be the first option. Just flick it out there to yep. those boys. Yep. Uh, but I agree with you, mate. I think without Olakwato, it real it will really be a struggle. Um, it's amazing how important he is to a footy side that includes you know halves that have played you know 400 uh, close to 500 games. Those two pr- pr- probably over 500 now realistically, uh, and all the other star power they have. Just how important this guy is. That. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently: Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. I remember watching him in the preseason last year break his arm and thinking, who the fuck is that? Mm. And all of a sudden, now I'm, I'm now I'm picking him round four on draft day and thinking, fuck, I got value there. It's crazy. Yeah, he is an absolute beast. And the thing is that I hope that Manly keep 
this in their attacking toolbox because when Turbo comes in the side, we saw it in the first, you know, three rounds of the season. Olukawatu was averaging fuck all. It's because they weren't using him. They were just yeah. sweeping out that left edge. Turbo was coming across using Garrick. Um, I hope they keep that in their tool belt because it's really going to shore up both sides of the ruck in attack for Merely. But in this one, for this this game, I think the Bunnies do it, and they do it pretty easy. I love Murray. I think he can captain him straight out in this one. I think he gets 75, 80. He'll do a lot of work in the middle. Uh, his defense at the moment is just rock solid. Um, and then the other guy I like is Walker, I think, uh, with this left edge and Merely's right being a little bit in disarray in defense. I think he carves them up as well. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I like the Cam Murray shout. What I will just say is that they they had injuries last week. Harm Sallow went down, and I think someone else got injured as well. Um, Tane Milne was off the field for 10 minutes. So Cam Murray did an incredible amount of work last week. He got 74 base touch, which was unbelievable. I I personally think that over the next few weeks leading into Origin, you need to be really careful with Cam Murray because I think that if South Sydney get up, uh, they play Manly, Brisbane, Warriors, Canberra. That's four games that I think they could be leading, you know, by 13 plus with 20 minutes to go. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Cam Murray play some limited minutes over the next few weeks. Uh, it's going to be he's going to need to have a huge finish to the season. He's got an Origin series to get through, so I, I just think South Sydney uh, they're going to have to manage his body a little bit. You, you look at the two weeks before this, he played sixty-five and sixty-seven minutes. Before that, he was playing seventy-five most weeks. So I think they were trying to take it down, but they had no choice last week. So just something to keep in mind there with Cam Murray. That's a fantastic shout. Yeah, and that goes for all your big sort of middle forwards as well and guys that are playing big minutes, getting through a lot of work. Um, you know, if the coaches are on board with the origin schedule, you know, they will um, sort of you know, limit their minutes and, and, and cuddle them a little bit if they've got the opportunity to do that because um, yep. it's a big fucking year. If you're a player like Cam Murray who makes a 1,000 tackles in the middle of the field, then you play origin, then you come back and your team is probably going to go deep in the final. Fuck, she's a long slog. Yeah, and especially when you consider their bench now that they have got, you know, they, they don't have a Blake Taft sitting there. They've got a Havili who could come on and play nine, but he could quite easily just come on and play in the back row or as a middle too. So, mate, I'll, I'll be I'll be very surprised unless they have injuries and HIAs if Cam Murray plays more than 70 minutes over the next four weeks. And if he plays 50-some weeks, I really won't be surprised. Fair, fair. Now talk to me about your boy, Tass. Yeah, Isaiah Tass, very interesting one. Um, obviously, Tane Milne, he's suspended this week for a bit of a bonehead play the other day. Um, but Tane's got that in him. He always has. Um, so he gives Isaiah Tass an opportunity. Now, Tass is a guy uh, from Mackay, came down, played for Canterbury, went back up to Brisbane, was playing up there, and has now ended up back down at South Sydney. Had had a back injury during the off-season, had surgery on that. So you didn't get to see much of him during trials. You didn't get to see any of him d- during trials, realistically. Uh, so he only came back a couple of weeks ago. He's been playing in reserve grade. Uh, he's been playing left centre there, to be fair, uh, in reserve grade. But all of his football before that in the Queensland Cup, he's played out on the right edge, and he's been bloody destructive. He should have debuted uh, before he has. He made his debut a few weeks ago, scored a try in that. Only played 20 minutes. Yes, he scored a try, but pretty super coach friendly sort of guy. If he lines up on that left edge, uh, he could be absolutely anything this year, and he should be a number one waiver priority. He probably shouldn't be sitting on waiver wise. Someone should have picked him up over the last few weeks, realistically, just in case. Yep. Um, but I'm 
sure in a lot of comps he will still be sitting there. And, mate, there, there, there's even a world where he – I wouldn't be surprised if you do see him get shifted out to the right side and they take this opportunity to move Campbell Graham to the left, which if you're a Campbell Graham owner, fuck. massive, fucking huge. And if I was – yeah, I, I, I haven't had a proper look myself, but – Mate, if you if you're someone that you've got your eyes on Campbell Graham, I'd be watching Captain Runs photos very closely this week because if you see Campbell Graham move over to that left and you and you and you can sneak it under whoever owns Campbell Graham in your group and get a trade this week, he could be the best CTW in Supercoach uh, if he's playing on the left side there for South. So a lot of moving pieces, but Isaiah, yes, uh, yes, good God, Isaiah Tass, he could cause a real domino effect in this Rabbitohs team because personally. I think he is a better footballer um, than Tane Milne, and I think he's heaps better than Jackson Paulo as well. So one to keep an eye on there. As I said, a lot of things have to fall into place, but this is where you can get a huge advantage um, in in Supercoach, especially in a draft competition, as you know, mate. Fantastic opportunity to be able to play well as well. If he So if he starts in that left edge, obviously we just fucking talked about how terrible the Manly Seagulls are on their right defense. You know, he's going to be running straight at Cooler. And although, yes, he is a good defender, a good tackler, um, he's a small boy. He's built close to the yep. ground. Tass is a fucking unit. Um, and then also... You know, the, the defensive cohesion between, um, you know, you've obviously, Olakwatu isn't going to be there. So who's going to be stepping in there? Is it going to be Lawton or uh, Bullimore? One of the two? Yeah, one of the two. I'm not sure exactly which one will be on that side. So just before we move off Tass, the last thing I'll say on him, he's a guy that this week, if you... You know, if you like me, think he will hold on to that jersey, and if you think he'll be on the left side like he has been in reserve grade, which would make sense, this is a really good opportunity. Go to whoever has the first waiver pick this week and and say to them, "Hey, I I, I want to trade you this guy for your first pick this week. Let them pick it up and then make the trade." Because if you get tasked and he holds on to left center, fuck, it could be a huge move in in, in Supercoach this year. It's something that I've done in my comp uh, once or twice before. Um, and, mate, it can pay huge dividends. 100%. And so I put out a post last night and you know, I put up the, the top waiver team of the week and Tass was in there and everyone's sort of pushing back on me going, you know, like it could be only one week that he's in there. And I'm saying, yeah, but he could also play the rest of the season at left centre. It, yeah, now, and- is that worth a claim, that, that possibility? In my eyes, yes. Mate, 100%. It is worth taking a roll of the dice to potentially get the centre in one of the best attacking edges in rugby league. It's Supercoach draft a lot of the time. It's about being right. But sometimes you've got to take a gamble on being wrong because you're quite often an are wrong. All of us are. And when you are, it can just pay huge dividends. And it's happened to me on a number of occasions where I've thought something's going to happen. And I'm like, you know what? If, it, if I am wrong, though, it could pay huge dividends here, and it has a number of times in the past. I remember a few years ago, I was going to draft Josh Mansour at the Panthers, and I just thought to myself, he's done. He's not going to bounce back. And I thought, you know what? If I'm wrong, this could be a huge mover here. I grabbed him. I did the same thing with John Bateman. I thought he was going to be a dud when he first arrived. I took him as a CTW, and he turned out to be the best one in the comp. Sometimes you just got to go with a bit of blind faith and just if things fall your way, you're flying. Mate, perfect example, Sifatalakai. Now, when he was first named, Mm -hmm. um, everyone would have just been going, oh, yeah, but, like, fuck, 
he won't be there for long. You know, uh, we saw how he just got given a bath, uh, you know, in defense. You know, it's not worth a claim, whatever. Someone's gone, you know what? I'm going to, I've got top claim. I'm going to pick him up just in case. And look what's happened. Yeah, 100%. And, and, that's, yeah. and that's the same thing that could happen here with Tass. And to be honest, um, from what I know of him and from what you've told me about him, uh, there is a fucking huge chance that he does keep a spot because Milne hasn't been setting the world on fire. That's for sure. And Paulo's gone anyway. So, yeah, I, lo- I love I love the pickup. Right up. Roll the dice sometimes. Hundred percent. Risk it to get the biscuit, baby. Um, all right, let's get in the, end. the next game. Saturday, three p.m. Warriors v Raiders. What a fucking vanilla game this is. Uh, yeah, not. Great for statistical matchups here. I know the Warriors are weak on their left edge defense. Raiders weak down their right. Are uh, both playing well out of form. Um, uh, Rando and I do have uh, a chase your losses commandment, and it's that you bet on the right winger coming up against the Warriors every single week because they leak a try to that right winger every single week. It's pretty much it's it's a it's a standard play so i saw that they did swap uh kotrick over to the right and savage was playing on the left on the weekend if my memory serves me right so you would have kotrick as your try scorer here but as far as fucking super coach matchups i got nothing man and i'm not really excited about this game at all yeah i'll just say you are right kotrick played on the right last week I wonder if that was because they were playing the Panthers. Um, Savage came on the right side the week before. Uh, Kotrick has always sort of been a a left-edge sort of guy. So that might have just been a match-up choice. It might not have been, uh, but just something to to keep in mind. Uh, And, mate, to be honest with you, even if Kotrick is playing out out on the left, I don't mind him for a try there. Regardless, so never a bad bet, but yeah, I there's a couple. I, I like Matty Tomoko as well. He's been quiet the last few weeks, and I think that having Jared Croker um, in that extended squad, I reckon that's putting a little bit of pressure on him uh, as well. So I'm I, I'm I am a little bit biased. I've got him in my draft team, but I'm a huge fan of him, and I I feel like he's got to bounce back in him this week. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Now, um, Jazz Tavega um, is going to be a really good pickup this week. Now, I know it's only short term. You know, you've obviously got Tohu. It's going to make his way back into the side. Um, Curran, MCL, usually that's a sort of four-week layoff um, with the MCL, depending on the severity. But you're going to get a lot of output in that four weeks. If he yeah. plays the four weeks, Jazz Vega, he's going to play decent minutes at lock. He's going to make a thousand tackles. He's going to make a thousand offloads. So he's worth a pickup because you're playing, you're banking those points and then move him on later. Like people are go, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, there's people to come in this side. Fuck, play for the now. Play for this round. Play for next round. Like, let's look at your, your opponent coming up. It's, it's all about W's on the ball. We're in round eight now. Yeah. Just fucking get your wins. Yeah, and you have a look at the matchups for the next few weeks. Uh, as, as much as Jazz always worries me with an injury or with a suspension, it's uh, it's always around the corner. But if it, you know, if it's a four week grab, plays the Canberra Raiders with their big middles, they'll 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 try and run, run, run over the Warriors, do a heap of work there. Then play the Sharkies. That'll be a similar game. And South Sydney as well. So he's going to have to do a heap of work um, through the middle over the last over the next few weeks, Jazz. And if he can play sixty minutes. Uh, you're probably looking at a 55-point score in base thereabouts, um, and then he's always got a couple of shit offloads in him, a tackle break here and there. So, uh, yeah, a good grab for the next few weeks. 
Uh, but, yeah, I think just go into this one understanding that this is a month play, and then if you choose to hold him after that, it is going to be the most frustrating fucking 15 weeks of your life. That's what it always is with Chaz. Yeah, you just flick him after that. As soon as either Curran or Tohu comes back in the side, just to get rid of him. Um, right. Now, what do you think of the top matchups here? Um, look... I don't mind Jazz. I think I think he probably gets about 60-65. I mean, if you call that a top matchup, I don't know. But stats are saying nothing to me here. I really, mate. I'll be telling the missus, let's go for a picnic on at three p.m. Saturday. Yeah, I might join you. Um, this <laughs> one, not much doing. Uh, Rapana playing fullback. He'll he'll just be it. Everywhere, um, I, I, I always like Jordan Rapana mm. when, when he's given a license to roam. When he's actually playing fullback, that could be fucking anything. Um, I think Schneider as well. Obviously, last week against the Panthers, really tough game for them. Didn't get out of their own end at all. I, I'm expecting Jack and Schneider to score, uh, you know, sixty to eighty points here. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all four halves go seventy plus in this game. It's just going to be one of those games of footy where I think there will be points scored. Um, but yeah, mate, I. I Outside of Matty Tomoko and Schneider, who, who probably won't be a long-term thing for me, I don't have anyone in either of these teams, and there's a reason yeah, uh, no, why I've needed a lot of these guys. I'll back it. I do like that Rapana um, or Rapana play. Uh, yeah, him at fullback, he gets through plenty of work, um, so he should score.